world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. Greetings out there in Techpedition land. My name is Kerry Brown and this is a special Rogue One podcast edition episode something. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, but first I'll introduce my brother and let him introduce the guest. Clarence, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, trying to stay warm. You know, yesterday it was about 65 degrees out. Oh, and God. Today, don't it- <laughs> and today, and for real, and today is like in the 30s all day. Just uh, shut I, up. I can't, I can't even. <laughs> so how how's the temperature up there, man, in the KC? Dude, last night, well, all right. So last night we had like a winter snowstorm type deal. And I think it got down to like, like the tens. And this morning at about 4 a.m., when it was negative nine outside and the wind chill was negative nineteen, our fire alarm went off. Ooh. So, so we all had to go outside in our pajamas and jump in the car to warm up. Wow! And, and we didn't get back into our our apartment until like noon. So I don't want to hear about thirty degrees. You can kick rocks. <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh, without further ado, I'll go ahead and just uh, introduce our our guest for today. And our guest is a longtime co-worker slash friend of mine, the resident Star Wars guru. <laughs> who well, I, well, I wouldn't say guru. <laughs> Scott Roberts. <laughs> so, Scott, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Long time um, no see, Scott. How's it going, man? Man, it's going great, Kerry. Yeah, so it's... I think, that, <laughs> it's I think re- the last time I saw you was at uh, the bottling company. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, I, I didn't realize that Scott and my brother were friends. I met him playing open mic in Hattiesburg. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Shuckers, shuckers, shuckers. Good times. <laughs> yeah, so, um, were you guys, like, really anticipating this movie? You were, uh, I mean, are you Star Wars fans? Or is that an oh, understatement? Oh, my God. It was, it was, yeah. I was completely anticipating it. You know, Disney, when they came in, um, they, I don't, I, out of all the Star Wars fans that I've talked to and, and read online, you know, thank God for Reddit, because uh, otherwise <laughs> our lives would be void. Um, but, you know, everyone is excited about Disney and what Disney has to offer. And, you know, The Force Awakens was a fantastic segue into the new world. But this is something that, that takes us out of our, our, uh, pre-planned George Lucas, you know, uh, you know, major Star Wars. This is the first spinoff. And yeah. so, yeah, it was really, really highly anticipated. And I think just knocked it out of the freaking park. Just my opinion. Like me personally, um, I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't really anticipating this as much as I probably should have been, mainly because I just, I don't know, like, 
it was kind of like this whole movie's kind of based off of one line that my mothma said in <laughs> in the new hope kind of sort of so yeah. i just didn't really have a whole lot of anticipation for it but um at the same time yeah that was a good thing for me because it just it's kind of like with me and gardens of the galaxy i went into it with no expectations and it i completely enjoyed the movie um, i'm sure we'll get in detail later but i loved it well, I, I, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, originally, when I first started thinking about it, I thought the exact same thing. How it's, but you know, it's it's easy for us as fans to fall into that um, how we perceive the universe and the movie when we first see it. You know, I saw Star Wars: A New Hope back in '77. You know, when I was four years old, and I've grown up seeing it. So you know, it's been a, a it, you know, I've been through it. Um, and I, you know, every once in a while in a blue moon, I can kind of remember some of the feelings and the thoughts and stuff I had back then when it was new and fresh. And, you know, that is, that is just a, a simple part of the story. So when you think of it that like that, but it is a crucial yeah, part very of the much story. So. Very true. Without that story, we have no Death Star destruction. Without a Death Star destruction, we have, you know, nothing that we've experienced. So, um, I mean, you know, you could look at just one line that, uh, that Obi-Wan says to Luke, you know, uh, yeah, he was the best fighter pilot, fighter pilot in the galaxy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> then if, if, if we just took it off one line, then we wouldn't have that beautiful, glorious pod race. Okay, that was a bit too bad. <laughs> <laughs> One breeze too fit, many, man. The defense wrists. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that being said, though, the way they were able to take that one simple line and flush it out into something, you know, into this full feature length film, which in my opinion probably was a bit too long, uh, <laughs> uh, is, is kind of brilliant and they, they and I don't know how much of this was lore that that was around before they even planned on making a movie, but whatever it is, whether they grabbed it from something that was already out there or this is original screenplay, I'm not sure. But they fleshed it out into something that is really compelling and makes a lot of sense in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and well, I'm- James Lucino wrote uh, Catalyst, which is the novel that that uh, just comes right before this movie. And it talks about, you know, the, um, I mean, it's, it is the development of the Death Star, uh, from Poggle the Lesser, you know, from Geonosis and, and, uh, it, you know, how it's, uh, the, the Geonosian control at first and then the Empire takes it over. I mean, so there is a whole sequence that builds up to this point and it's well thought out. You know, there's a team of a few dozen people, uh, well, not a few dozen. It's just a small group of people at Lucas, uh, film that their entire job is to keep consistency and continuance through the Star Wars universe so yeah there's a huge amount of planning that that came into this so i mean that being said can we do you want to just go around and give the quick take non-spoilery vision of what you thought of the movie uh who who, who wants to go first spoilers well i mean we're gonna get into it no no i got got you just a quick take on what you thought of the movie as a whole well, I'll, I'll give you mine real quick. Um, I thought it was a perfect setup. I, I think they, the, I think that the director did a great job of, um, the director and the scene, the, the, you know, just the whole setup, the cinematography, uh, the, the arts department setting up everything ship wise, uh, everything to, to lead into a new hope. I watched a new hope the very next night and I really did not feel this, you know, decades long gap. 
and what was really there. So uh, my takeaway is I, I thought it was a great setup for it. Yeah, yeah, you could argue some stuff and say it was bad here, it was bad here, whatever. But suspending all that, I think it was a great setup from from uh, Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. I think it was great. Yeah, me personally, um, we talked about this kind of in the last podcast, uh, Clarence, but my thing was I thought that this movie was kind of set back a little bit. Uh, a, a little bit further detached from, or I thought it was going to be a, a little bit further detached from A New Hope, but I mean, it pretty much, it's pretty much ramming it in the behind. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> excuse my choice, yep. excuse my choice of words, but I would say probably within a few hours, it's like, <laughs> like right you, before, literally. You, you know, that wouldn't be a, a, an unwise assumption. I mean, basically, you know, we see the, the blockade runner taking off and the first, first scene of a new hope, we see the destroyer chasing, you know, yeah. right there. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like, it's like the, you know, same day. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, just for a lack of a better reference, it kind of reminds me of how Halo Reach kind of runs into the oh, first Halo. I you mean, took the words out of my mouth, man. It's pretty I was much, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much like that same kind of like right there. And it's just, I wasn't really expecting that. I would say, as far as like the movie itself, I think if you've never seen Stars before, you'll, you could still sit down and enjoy this movie. But if you are a Star Wars fan, there's so many references thrown in this movie. Like, I was grinning just like, just about the whole movie. And I, I'm sure we'll get into the references later, but like, there's just so many like, just, References that, you know, if you don't really know a whole lot about Star Wars, if you haven't seen, for example, if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels or if you haven't seen the prequels. I mean, there's just so many different things thrown in from like the whole canon universe that just it was I just smiled the whole movie. (laughs) It was was, really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. And I'm I'm kind of have to take the opposite stance of what you just said on. You know, the the normal person can go see this and be fully engaged. While I do think it's an excellent story, we see the progression of this this girl and her father and what her father has to do. And we see the resolution for that. I think if you're not a Star Wars fan at all, this movie is going to be completely over your head. You're just not going to know oh, what's really? going on. I, I mean, in my personal opinion, I, you know, and let me just say this. I, I saw the movie twice. The first time I saw it, I went and saw it in 3D, which is a huge mistake. Some of my friends urged me to do it, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> so, like, by the time it got to the climactic, climactic part of the movie, I was so fatigued from my eyes in 3D. I just, it, it was just a disconnect for me. So that's that's part of my issue with the movie. And also, this movie showed me how much. I really just like the Jedi versus <laughs> the universe. And that, that's kind of hard for me because I thought, I thought that I really love the Star Wars universe, which I do. But for me, what makes it is the Jedi. And, you know, we can get into it a little later. You know, I, I enjoyed the movie, but it, it, to me, not having a Jedi on screen was a little disconnect for me. Um, I was hoping Dunny Ian would be a Jedi. I was hoping, but <laughs> he, tur- he turned out not to be, but. It- I was yeah, sorry. Saying, I mean, that, that, that's my quick take on it. I mean, I know we're going to get into it a little deeper. Yeah, I just want to jump on one thing you said about the Jedi thing. Like, I can kind of see that because I thought it was kind of weird not to, like, 
I guess it, this would be kind of a, I guess a complaint, but I just thought it was weird that they just kept mentioning the force, like the, through the whole movie and there were no Jedi. Like that's the only thing that really just annoyed me. I was like, cause you know, cause I mean, at this point, like the Jedi and the force, it's just like some old kooky religion that like nobody really follows anymore. And it was just weird hearing so many people say, I'm with the Force and may the Force, which I, I guess for Donnie Yen's character it made yeah. sense, but, but like yeah, everybody yeah. else, it was like, why are you even like, you know? Like, yeah, w- with the exception of his character, he's known. I think his, his characters come from a story that George Lucas wrote a while back. Some religious group that like follow yeah. the Force. So he was but, he was guarding the Jedi Temple, you know. So that he, it so makes sense that for the, him. Well, okay, we're going to from the dive into the movie. Uh, what is it? Jet, Jedi Jedi is the plan. Jedi. Yeah, is that the the planet where the Jedi Temple is? No, Jedi's where yeah. the um. Oh, it is. That well, they had a temple there with the Kyber yeah, yeah, crystal. yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Well, they were calling the Kyber Temple or something. I I think I heard them say, but I was I was a little I couldn't. And, I, didn't then, know and it, I don't know if y'all picked it up, but uh, I mean, because it was it was kind of obvious, but kind of not. But the 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 rock formations they were the fallen statues of the Jedi. Yeah, did y'all see that in the yeah. desert? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, did it, see that. But I still wouldn't, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on the nose, Jedha, Jedi, <laughs> you yeah. know, but I, but I wasn't sure if they were trying to say this is where the <laughs> Jedi temple was or not. Cause, 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 yeah. cause I played, what's the name of the game? The, the, Knights um, of the Old Republic. Old, Old Republic. And I don't think it was on Jedha. I think the temple was somewhere else. So well, I'm sure it, there, there's more than well, one Cor- Jedi Coruscant, temple. So. Yeah. Yeah. Coruscant had a huge Jedi temple and academy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if you think back to the Old Republic, you know, the Jedi were numerous, and you know, they weren't just in one place; they had installations everywhere. You know, so it would make sense that there would be other Jedi temples. Yeah, and yeah. plus, since it's being the and obviously place, they're mining kyber crystals. Yeah, from there. yeah, that's I, where they get them from. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So then that, they're kind of going to be like, oh, this is a yeah, it's kind of a sacred place. We'll we'll set up a you know something. So, well, let me ask you guys this now. I felt a huge, huge disconnect in the reason why the rebels are even, even fighting. Okay. From the end of, um, the, the episode three, of course, the rebellion, uh, well, of course, the galactic empire is formed and the Jedi's are all overthrown or whatever. And the Senate is, is just taken over by, by Palpatine. Well, I mean, it's like Palpatine basically pulls a Hitler. I mean, if you, to be, yeah. to be blunt, I mean, so. Via, know, via Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I mean, it would make sense that there would be a resistance. At least it does for, to me. But, I mean, but, if you look uh, at it from that angle. But even that well, being the, said. The one I, thing we've never gotten, we've never gotten any, any insider or background into the actual, the, the resistance or the rebel alliance. You know, we don't know where their funding's coming from. We don't know where they're, you know, uh, who's really heading it up. We don't know, you know, well, who, I mean, who trumped it or who Clinton did. You know, yeah, we, it's we don't like, know anything other than they exist and they're but fighting. I, 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 it's, I like, just, it's like, it's like the why they're fighting to, though. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know why they're fighting. Do we have evidence that the Galactic Empire is actually treating these people wrong, oppressing them? Did they take their trade routes? Um, I don't it's, know. It's being, <laughs> it, the Empire is being run by a Sith Lord. I think that's a, that's enough reason <laughs> to um, and, want to. Yeah. And, and then when you see, you know, Order 66 coming out and, they killed and all the Jedi, Jedi annihilated, you know, when you pretty much take down the police force, you're going to have some, you're going to have some, some, uh, some locals get a little bit, uh, savage on you. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense, but it made me really think about war and 
resistant fighters. I thought about Aleppo and um, that whole uh, what's the Assad regime over there. I mean, yeah. what what makes a a group of people who have been taken over continue the fight, even though they may not even really have a reason to be fighting other than somebody else is in charge of them. And, you know, I haven't been in a situation, so well, I can't. Purely, I, well, purely speculation, but when you look at the fact that they have to, I mean, just, just look at the fact that they have to build the Death Star. And if if there was an article I read, I just briefly read, I mean, I didn't delve into it or anything. I certainly didn't do the freaking math of the guy that wrote the article, but he went into uh, all of what it would take monetarily, labor-wise, oh, yeah, uh, material-wise, just to build it. Yeah, yeah. And so because of that, you got to look at, I mean, basically, you know, that's a pharaoh and, yeah. you know, Slave slaves <laughs> that's that's being, you know, hustled and, and jived into to turning over, you know, all of the planet's resources to yeah, to sure. support building this military installation to to outfitting the weapons and resources and why do you do that so you can rule by fear and that's how the they they rule by fear you know that's what that's what Tarkin says you know yeah. fear will keep the the systems in line and now, another th- I, another thing I just wish they would explain it more though that's that's my only yeah just like politically speaking like I think there's another thing you need to think about too like it's it's easy for us to think that way in America because America America's had the most, the longest running peaceful transition of power in like the history of the world. But like at other places, like when, when power changes hands, it's usually because somebody dies or, you know, like not everybody, not the majority doesn't agree that, you know, this person should be the leader. So you always have people who are resisting a regime change. So, I mean, like exactly. if, if you think about it that way, it's, it's, I don't think it's that far fetched. Like I had some, I had some disconnects with other parts of the whole Death Star construction, but to me, like, I, I, I didn't really need a whole lot of convincing as far as, you know, people not wanting to be run by the Empire. Just think about, think about Firefly. You know, it's the same thing. You yes. know, that they, they're resisting the, the man, basically. So guys, getting into the movie a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> I'm sorry to take us on that road. No, it's okay. It's no, okay. it's all right. That's a good conversation. No, that's actually a very, it's actually a very valid question. Yeah. You know, cause from the beginning, you, you know, you, if you watch a new hope, you don't really get to see that. You just know, you just know, and, and, and you just know goodies and baddies. Yeah. That's it. Goodies. We're the good guys or the bad guys. That's all you know. Yeah. And it's clean cut handed to you who's the good and who's the bad. So, <laughs> you know. And it's like, question. it's like with Vader, like that just, to me, that makes him like the perfect tragic hero because I mean, as much as I hate the prequels, they pretty much, you know, lay out that he thought he was doing in his mind, he thought he was doing the right thing. You know, it wasn't like he was like, ah, I'm going to be evil. You know, he, he really thought that he was doing the right thing. It just wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, like, I, to me, that that's what makes a good villain. It's not just somebody that's evil just to be evil. It's somebody who thinks they're doing the right thing, but they're going about it the wrong way. And I think that's what makes him such a compelling hero, villain, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so Jen Erso and her, what was her father? Galen Erso? Galen. Le- 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 yeah, Galen Erso. Lachief from um, Casino Royale. Oh really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, I was like, that's the bad guy from and when he when they showed him like after he had shaved and everything. I was like, I didn't realize that was him at first. I thought it was like when you couldn't see him and you just heard him. He kind of, I, I kind of thought it was Liam Neeson. I was like, did they did they bring Qui Gon back? What <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. 
He's a great actor. I like that guy. Yeah, I liked his character. I, I really did like it. Mm-hmm. My my whole problem, though, I guess this is a good uh, place to to voice this, is that to me, his reasoning for like building the flaw on the Death Star, I guess, in some senses, it made like that. That's where my disconnect was. I'm like. So you built the Death Star, but you didn't really want to build it. So you built this huge flaw into it, and because you were afraid they were gonna kill your daughter, who you didn't even know was alive or not, and it like well, that that part to me didn't make any sense. Well, I, mean, I, th- I think you gotta think about it like, okay, they were gonna build this thing whether he was a part of it or not. So his whole reason yeah. was that he could be a part of it and maybe throw and a he monkey could control. Rich. Yeah. yeah, he can control the the the, the outflow, outflow, the production, the 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 productivity. Um, as a dad, I you know I, I really related to that because you know when you really look at it, and 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 it's easy to speculate in in our everyday worlds that we understand, but you know, but when you think about it, man, you you would do some awful stuff to protect your kids. Yeah, you know? that's true. <laughs> you really would do some awful stuff, even even if it goes against every thread and core of your own personal moral fiber. If it will protect your child, there's a lot of stuff you will do. Now, of course, there's also lines that you will not absolutely cross, um, and I think that that's kind of a hard sell because ultimately what he was creating would kill <laughs> thousands, yay, nay, millions of people. Um, so I think in my mind, I balance it out with him going, okay, all right, uh, I got to protect my family. I don't want my daughter to die. I don't want my wife to die. Uh, she already got shot. Uh, oops, spoiler alert. Um, but, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. but at the same time, I can at least do my best to put this off as long as possible. And in doing that, it's not, you can't delay the inevitable. They were going to do it. Yeah. But when you buy time, when you buy, obviously, you know, when we see at the end, how long it takes, which I'm sure in the minds of the people in that moment lasted forever. But for (laughs) us in a, in a comfortable movie studio or movie theater, you know, it was rather quick. Yeah. It did Um, take what, 15 years. So I guess that that makes, I I see what you're saying now. (laughs) So, yeah, by him delaying that long enough, you know, just giving that amount of time to create it and delay it, it allowed that ragtag, you know, rapscallion bunch of folks to ultimately, with, 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 you know, superior conviction over anyone else involved, overcome and do what they needed to do. And, you know, that's a, that, I know that that's, you know, that's cliche. It's corny, but you know, I'm, I'm never against that in our, in our day and age, in any day and age, you know, we always fight. We always stand at the precipice of evil. We always see dark stuff around us. We look at the news, we look on the TV, you know, there's crap everywhere. And when we can see some little glimmer of yay, I will say it hope. Yeah. <laughs> it's encouraging. It's encouraging and it keeps us flowing along and moving along in our daily lives and it allows us to do those things that are right along the way too. So that said, Galen, I, you know, there was a couple of like, I, I don't know. Yeah. That was a long time to, to, to not be around his daughter and not ever know. Yeah. But he took, but you know, he took a chance and, and luckily thanks to plot armor, it paid off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and then like yeah. some of the the things, just say uh, Jen wasn't around. Like some of the stuff, like what's her his nickname for? 
um, Stardust. Yeah, Stardust. Like some of the stuff nobody would have ever known and they never would have got the plan. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Now, that I, I will say one thing I did read. I haven't read um, Catalyst yet by Lucino. I do have it on reserve in my local library. Get your library card, kids. Um, go go there often because it's free books. Um, but I do have it reserved. And I, did, I do understand from a post I read that they do reference startups quite a bit during the book. So if you had read the book to lead up to it, it would have, it would have made a lot more sense. Uh, Although I do, I will say that <laughs> without knowing that in the movie, you're like, okay, I get it. Startup. <laughs> yeah. Let's tie it all together. Yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, but honestly, when it, when you think about it though, cause like the whole day, the whole data bank thing. All right. I'm just going to go. So I'm going to say, okay, look, they're running a data bank, like an Amazon warehouse with <laughs> robots. <laughs> That go pull out a card. I'm like, seriously? Like, get a Dropbox. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a little far fetched <laughs> to be stored away in one lock vault on his top. Yeah. That's a little far fetched, but I think, I think what, what one of the things Star Wars as a whole suffers from is like a ter- technological paradox where, you know, they're flying around exactly. and <laughs> they're flying around in spaceships that we wouldn't be able to build in a thousand years, but yet they're using hard drives that are bigger than my whole computer. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was made in the seventies, sixties and seventies, man. Come on. Yeah. And droids that would have gotten made fun of by Boston dynamics. You know, robots. <laughs> so um, uh, what did you guys think about the, one thing that really shocked me was it Carizian, Car, Car, what's the dude's name? Uh, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Yeah, yeah. Yes. His to me, I think they were trying to make up for the um, the cleaning up that was done of Han Solo in the original movie by making <laughs> this guy stone cold when he when he kills the guy in the opening scenes of the movie. I was in shock. I was like. <laughs> He just shot the guy, and it's supposed to be a good guy. Oh man, it was like it was like watching the GI Joe cartoon in the eight or the movie in the eighties where the planes exploded and you didn't see any parachutes coming out of them. You're like, did they really die? Stone cold. You're right, and you know, and I will say real quick side note: I am proud of Disney for that. Yes. Um, Just simply because they were not afraid of the tragedy. Some of it was drawn out. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. They they had a lot of tragedy in this. They had a lot of um, they they had that (laughs) you know killing someone that was the good guy for a bigger cause. You know that was that was impressive as far as entertainment goes. Yeah, like they gonna catch you. Let me get rid of you. (laughs) One one thing I will say about Disney though is that as long as the movie doesn't bear the Disney name or the Disney studio name, they usually kind of leave the the studios their own devices because I mean they own Miramax. Miramax released. They released Kill Bill, among other things, which is like one yes, of the most yes. violent movies I've ever seen. So, like, it's, it's, I love that they do that though. They let, like, they do the same thing with Marvel. Oh my God, Disney owns too much stuff. They, you know, they let them, <laughs> they let them do their thing. And, you know, you gotta, gotta, well, excuse me, you kinda have to tip your hat to them for that. You know, I think it's one of the yeah. things that's made their studios like, so successful. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Like, a- another big issue I had with the movie was, um, uh, again, the, on Jetta, that fight that they had that, um, Jen and, um, I keep forgetting the guy's name. Cassian. Uh, Cassian. Jen and Cassian. The fight they got in, there was no reason whatsoever for them to get in that fight. None. They no. could have just walked away. I'm like, 
Are you talking about I, when they when they jumped the uh, the empire or the when yeah. they jumped the st- stormtroopers in the middle of the city? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time I watched it, I didn't really catch that you know they shouldn't have been in that fight. But upon watching it again, they could have just walked away. Well, I mean, she she didn't want the little kid to die. Like that's the only reason they got involved. Uh, really, is the yeah. little, the kid was about to like get run over or shot, and she wouldn't save the kid. And then he was like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> yeah, I guess and then they started fighting. I don't I know. <laughs> but the guy got to see well, Dunny you know, and tear it up. So I, that, I, I'm happy because he's he's awesome. I pee, it, he, man, I pee he is awesome. I will I will say that that as awesome as he is, it does call into question why do the stormtroopers wear armor <laughs> <laughs> if a blaster bolt can kill him, yeah. and if a guy with a stick can knock him out. I don't know, man. There was something about that stick, like it. I think he had like some, <laughs> he, it must have been like lined in kyber crystals or something. There's some, there something. He off it or something, yeah. Because I mean, you know, basically a bow staff. He's hitting a guy, and I mean, you could put on you could put on some like you know high school football gear and survive that attack. <laughs> but I will say it was kind of cool to have like a senile martial arts master <laughs> in the middle of a Star Wars movie. I did like that too. I really did too. And at first the whole, the forces with me, I'm with the force. I, you, that kind of yeah. grated on me at first, but I, it kind of grew on me. I, you know, yeah. maybe I just gave in. Maybe I liked it. I don't know. I just, I, I, I just liked it towards the end. And let's yeah. just be honest. Have, have the stormtroopers armor ever been any good? We they oh get blasted gosh, down dude. throughout the years. They just get blasted down for no reason. So the only thing it's good for is to allow, um, you know, miscreants to invade and <laughs> sneak into your operations. That's, That's the only thing it's good before. for. Oh man, that was, get- that was so perfect when those guys walked into the. Oh, spoiler! But when they no, we can in- we can go ahead. I mean, it's all spoilers from here on out. We gave when, our, gave our. When, uh, when they walked into that ship to inspect it, I was like, they're totally going to take their uniform. <laughs> they're going to TK-421 them. Yeah, see, dummies. <laughs> I knew that was coming. And, and, you know, the one thing I was disappointed is that uh, Jen had the whole Deadpool outfit on, and she didn't once pull out a katana. Yeah, yeah. yeah for real. <laughs> I mean, it looked awesome. It really looked awesome. And, yeah. and I'll be honest, there was something about... Um, there's something about her character I was never fond of when they announced her as the actress. Uh-huh. And in any of the, the, the trailers and the, the shots I would see online, I just, there was something about her. I just, I personally, I can't explain it. You know, you see people you, uh, that are on, in entertainment and you just go, ah, whatever. Okay. I don't like them. And she was one of them. And after seeing her more and more in that outfit, not, not in any way other than just, you know, enjoying the action of it. <laughs> I was like, okay, she's going to pull out a katana. She's going to pull out some, what the crap and nothing. It's just, yeah. you know, it's a, it's like, you know, a couple of those, uh, geisha pins that hold their hair <laughs> in her backpack. That's all, that's all it is. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, she, she had to get in. She had to get in. She had to sneak away in there. She, she did. She TK421 them all the way. <laughs> she grew on me though. Like, I, I'm kind of like you. I didn't really expect much of her as, you know, as her being a relative unknown, which is when it comes to Star Wars, I've learned is most, most often than not, it's, a, it's a good thing, but she was perfect for that role though. I, 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 I can't I see anybody else playing that role. And to but me, you, that lets me know they cast the right person. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. And go ahead. They Scott. had a, the, uh, Jimmy Fallon had her on uh, a few nights ago, of course, promoting the film. And during the interview, towards the end of the, end of the interview, he went went through a little sequence where he wanted her to demonstrate some of the fighting she had learned. And I was just impressed. I mean, she just, she jumped up, she kicked her heels off, you know, so that she, you know, I mean, she went into training mode or, or, or functional mode and just really got into it. And that really impressed me just to, you know, cause you know, as, as a consumer of media, you know, we like to attach ourselves to, to people and ideals and characters and strategies and all this. And when you see a, an actress get into a role like that in, in a, in a universe and a, in a series that you enjoy, uh, that so much that she's going to kick her heels off and doesn't matter how she looks just to pull off this two seconds of kicking Jimmy Fallon's leg out. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I appreciated that, you know, that little, that little effort, you know, just made me go, okay, I like her a lot more. And I haven't even, hadn't even seen the movie. Yet. <laughs> of course, now I've seen the movie and I go, oh, okay. Yeah. She's cool. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it just, it just speaking of the level of acting in not only The Force Awakens, but this movie compared to what we've seen in even the originals and the prequels is the level of acting is just phenomenal. And in, in my, in my opinion, I don't think it was even the actors in the other movies. I think script it was more writing. George Lucas's script writing. Cause oh, man, absolutely. The, these guys are acting their tail off, man. They have some great, great actors in this movie. Absolutely. Man. It's, it's well, just I mean, like, it's just, it's just su- such a starring, uh, a great difference from what we've seen in the past. It's, it's just, it's just so huge. I, I can't even <laughs> real well, I mean, acting, man. The telltale sign for me though was, I mean, just think about Harrison Ford. I mean, if you've seen him in anything else besides most anything else, well, I won't say most anything else. He has been in some clunkers like Firewall, yeah. for instance. But like, he's a great actor, you know. So, oh yeah, there's always a disconnect when I go back and watch Star Wars movies and I see him just being this cheese ball, you know, being mad that Luke kissed Layla or some other or Leia, excuse yeah. me, some other thing. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's like it has to be the script writing. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. And, but it, but it's also not, it's, it's the script writing, but it's also the directing, how they want to portray this character. You know, he'll, you know, he's the, most of the time when you deal with folks like this, they're pros. They're going to do what you tell them to do as best they can. And most of them have trained well enough that they can, they can pull it off when you tell them to do something this way and act like this. And, you know, some of the directing back then was great for Solo, but then again, he did, you know, his, his, um, Adaptations, his uh, 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 his own improvisation into the role is what made it so endearing to us. Yeah. You know, the "I love you, I know." Period. <laughs> you know that that yeah. that in itself, you know, shows what he brings to that type of. Even though it's cheesy and campy, I mean that's cheesy, but it's freaking awesome. I mean, he's definitely the standout of those movies, hands down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As far as Without acting skills goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I kind of want to like just throw out some things that I thought were really, really cool in the movie, and um, I just want to see what you guys thought about them. How does that sound? Go ahead, shoot. Okay, cool. so shoot, shoot. so what did you guys think about Darth Vader's castle? Uh, freaking awesome! <laughs> uh, totally agree. Okay, just to give number you number one, he went. He went back to the fire. Yeah. He went back he, to Mustafar. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. I can't believe he lives there where he got beat, beat by oh, Obi-Wan. So like that, that is the same island. 
Yeah, same, same plan. Yes. Same plan, yes. yeah. Oh. Not only does it look like it, but that has been confirmed, confirmed by one of the uh, Lucas films on Twitter. Now, it's one of those confirmed, um, quiet confirmed, because they're not speaking openly on Twitter um, because of spoilers. But one uh, particular Twitter user had t- uh, tweeted Pablo at Pablo Hidalgo and said, hey, when you get, you know, I've got a, I got a question about one of the scenes of a planet uh, from uh, from Rogue One. And he said, okay, yeah, but if it's the one I think you're going to ask me about, yes, it is the one from episode three. Oh, that's so, awesome. So that's yeah. confirmed by one of the Lucasfilm uh, 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 producers that this is Mustafar. That's freaking awesome. He's yeah, like, you know what? This is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so he killed his now, wife. Now, why did he have Imperial Guards there? Well, I think because he's like in that... That whatever it was chamber, and he's just probably just defenseless while he's in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's one thing I like. He's you know he's had a, he's had a rough day governing <laughs> the universe, so he's going to soak in a bacta tank. You know, Go let's soak. put the heat up. Yeah, let's put a little let's put a little Kenny G on. Let's light some candles, <laughs> and I'm just going to wash the day away. But what the crap? Now I got Krennic coming in messing with my bath. Oh man! And it's not like getting out. You got to drain that bastard. Yeah, so so I have to ask you guys. I have to ask you about the look of uh, Darth Vader, and I know you have uh, questions, Karen. But but to, uh, well, let me, no, this let me is just, a good one. This is a good. Let me one. just speak to one. it because you know, in my mind, the last thing I'm remembering of Darth Vader is what I saw in Force Awakens and what I saw in uh, Revenge of the Sith. You know, and I didn't notice how much George Lucas had changed his look in Revenge of the Sith until I saw him in this movie. Because he seems a lot more, I, I'm guessing CG'd on top or maybe just slimline. He looks a lot slimmer and stuff in the mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith versus what we see here. It's like they didn't even try to make his helmet shiny. They just got like a plastic helmet and put on him. It, it looks so... Well, you, you know, if you look like, like just to recall back, I watched a new hope the day after. And if you look at his helmet, when he, when he busts into the blockade runner, you know, and he tells her that she's a, a traitor and uh, take her away. When he's looking around, you can just see there are scuffs. It's dull. Yeah. It's matte. It's, it's, yeah. it's a matte finish on the front, on the front so uh, that's triangle what he did. where the breather is. It's, it's, re- it's not really refined. It's, it's, you know, it's that 1977. We don't know if it's going to make a lot of money. So we'll give George Lucas every bit of merchandising rights budget. That's what that is. But by, you know, by the end of it, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, well, you <laughs> it's know, fast I, and furious six, you yeah. know, I mean, they've got, <laughs> they got every bit of polish and chrome, everything happening on him. Yes. I think he had ground effects. Yeah, it, it was a canon thing, I believe, but it was just weird seeing it uh, after seeing him in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith all shiny and stuff. So I don't know. Well, yeah. it, it has been a while, and the yeah, other thing, the other thing is, it, it it had to have been mainly for continuity, which they made some continuity choices in this movie that I just totally thought were completely pointless, and I'm sure we'll get to those later. But as far as his helmet goes, I just like that you know. Unlike in the old Star Wars movies, the original trilogy, he could actually move. Cause like if yeah, you watch yeah. him fight Luke in, I guess it's Return of the Jedi and in, um, yeah, uh, Empire Strikes Back, his like whole torso like moves <laughs> with his head. Oh and god, yes. It's, it's really, really It's like, bad. it's the Michael Keaton Batman. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so, it's it's ridiculous. So it was good that at least like you could tell that kind of his, even though his head looked really really like old and weird, like he actually had some mobility, which I thought was cool. I guess. Yeah, 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 and they they definitely gave him that classic look. Not only his helmet, but his suit was a little more puffy than I remember it. So they they gave him exactly what he had in uh, A New Hope. So I, I I guess kudos for that. Yeah, that's that's one of the main things that I really enjoyed about it was the tie-ins, the the segue. It looked so classic. I mean, it looked freaking classic yeah. with the ship designs. With, I mean, they they could have CG'd. So I mean, it, it just it was it was perfect. I think, but I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, and I've been waiting for this, and the internet's been waiting for it, and every Star Wars fan's been waiting for it. I don't care. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. That scene with Vader at the end oh. is probably my favorite. No, it's not probably. That's my favorite Vader scene I've ever seen in any film ever. He stole and the I show. Think, yeah. Ex- until they do something much better, uh, th- there's no way you can beat that. That was freaking fantastic. Oh my god! And, and that, I don't, that, that was like I Yoda think, at the end of Clone War, at the at the end of Attack of the Clones. Oh my god! Oh my god! That cool. Oh my god. The darkness breathing, darkness breathing, <laughs> saber ignition. Oh my god! I literally, I went. I mean, I felt scared, and I know that's stupid. I know that's ridiculous because I realized not, I was it's watching not a movie. Stupid at all. <laughs> but I saw it and went, "Oh sh!" Asterisk, asterisk. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was so freaking scary. Yeah, and then to see it, you know, to lift the guy and throw him around. I mean, oh my god, that was yeah, fantastic. I just, I like, I'm like you because you you don't really ever see Vader put down like that. In, in the entire, Mm-mm. in the entire Star Wars saga, you don't just get to see him just like run through people like that. So like that was, yes. it was really, really cool. Now yeah, we got very... to see Anakin with, uh, the, <laughs> we got to see Anakin with the little saber ignition at the Jedi temple with the younglings. Yeah. Okay. Was... Creepy. I'm not going to enjoy that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get to see his little, you know, his little conniption fit with the Tusken Raiders. Okay. That's not the same. He's not. It, it's just not. And and as well, on Mustafar with uh, with the um, uh, what's their names? Uh, the 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 labor uh, robots and uh, oh yeah yeah, know, yeah 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When he takes them down on Mustafar, we see that. And and at that point, he is literally Darth Vader. He's already been been christened by uh, by Palpatine as Darth Vader. He is a Sith. Uh, apprentice at that point so we know he's Darth Vader and that was awesome but it's not the Darth Vader that we feared when we were children with a new hope and to see him like that doing all like ultimate damage not in a in a really restrictive suit like you said uh it to me that that was that made I think that made everything not I almost kind of hate it because it takes away from much of the other story. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. But yeah, man, those, those last it, 20 minutes, those last 20 minutes of that movie is like some of the best movie I've seen in a while. It's just, it, absolutely. just payoff, 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 payoff. Yeah. Man, it was so wonderful. Like me personally, like I don't really consider him Darth Vader until Obi-Wan's beating him. He's filled with hate and he's being burned by lava. To me, that's when he becomes <laughs> personally, like that's me. See yeah. Darth Vader for the first time, but I, I totally see what you're saying though about him kind of already being christened by the by the Emperor and everything. But yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, that, that, like I said, I hate that it was so great because it, it really, when I think about the movie, I think about like up until that point, I was like, this has been so fantastic. This has been great. And then I saw that and I went, Oh. It's the Jedi, yeah, man. This is the draw the lightsaber. It's like draw the lightsaber. I mean, he stole your like. Uh, I think it was you. You're right. He stole the freaking show with it, man. <laughs> yeah, stole it. Just was totally not expecting that at all. I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he was is like, this is really cool. I'm enjoying it. I was not expecting to see a lightsaber drawn, really. And- uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I thought there would be some of his just like huffing around, and you know. Just like little minor fan service yeah. that I they just show on screen. I figured he'd choke a few people, but like that's about it. All, all I was expecting. Oh, and I didn't even mind his little choking pun. That was, you know, <laughs> oh, they got on my some, That was great. I, well, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, was and great. I've seen some hate for it, but I'm like, that, that's 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 a con, you know consistent through the entire series with bad puns and bad jokes. I mean, they're they're oh yeah everywhere. Like like um, like they in the elevator. I got a bad feeling about Nathan's. I was just fixing to say that that was <laughs> that was perfect because I'll be honest. I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, um, this isn't 1982 anymore. It's not <laughs> as cool. So you can lay off of the. I got a bad feeling about this, but they still kept doing it. Yeah, or whatever. And to I'll, finally have them go, yeah, uh, make a joke of themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just that happy was great. that. I'm just happy that, um, you know, it was for most parts in a serious movie, but they did sprinkle some cheese here and there, and I didn't mind it at all. It was, it was actually kind of. K2SO. Yeah. Oh, t- Alan Tudyk, dude. Wash. He, he was, he was perfect. He was, he was great. perfect, man. Yeah. I, I have to say, he's probably my favorite character in the entire movie. Aside from the Vader at the end, he was probably my favorite, like, draw to. When he came on, I was so excited to see what he would do. Yeah, I will say that um, I was hoping that we'd get a Thrawn appearance, although it made completely no sense. I was just hoping against hope, and it didn't happen. But, you know, I didn't realize that that the character that um, Force Whitaker was playing, I didn't realize Saw- that was Saw Gerrera from Clone Wars. Like, I had yeah. no idea that that's who that was. And and I guess I just, like I said, I didn't dig a lot into the movie before, but... He- exactly, and and I've stayed away from the Clone Wars. I've, tr- you know, and I know for there's Star Wars fans that are probably that would like you know knife me in the side for saying that. <laughs> um, I've tried so many times, and and the storyline. If you really want to understand the full chronology of everything, yes, I understand. You have to watch all of that because that's all canon now, yeah, and that all matters. And I get that, but the problem is, is I don't enjoy campy campy jokes from you know from droids <laughs> yeah, littered it, it, every 30 seconds and every time i watch can- uh um uh uh what is it uh clone wars or rebels yeah, every time i see that rebels i'm like is the oh same my- way <laughs> yeah i'm like oh my god just stop just stop please but i mean i'm you know it's just my personal preference i'm not i'm not hating on it i just don't personally enjoy getting my history that way i'd rather just you know, pick it up from a timeline on a on a imager graphic. Yeah. But the the cool thing about K two is he was smart and witty. It wasn't just the campy lines as, as a as a yes. droid. He was smart and witty and made great observations. And he actually played yeah. a, a pivotal role in the movie to me. And I, pretty I really, boss. You, 
Like, you saw how he took down Jim when she came running out. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. As soon as he's, like, slammed her down, I'm like, holy crap. We're saving you. It's like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, dry humor. Like, I think it's kind of a lost art now. And just exactly. seeing dry humor in a Star Wars movie, like, I was laughing the, I was laughing to him at all the little quips he was making. And, like, I was just, everybody was kind of looking at me like I was crazy. But I, I, I just, I love this character, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Certainly, certainly. What, so, what do you guys think about Tarkin? Oh my! Uh, the, uh, the guy that's been dead since 1994. CG yes. Tarkin and CG somebody else. That I th- I think that CG was, Leia. I think it was totally unnecessary. Like that. That's I, that's my big problem with this movie is the CG characters. Like there was no need for that. Just recast them. Yeah, can I can I make a confession? When uh, Tarkin came on, I I for completely forgot about the fact that Cushing died in '94. Me too. Uh, I me wasn't too. even thinking about him as a person. I wasn't even thinking about him as a live existing Dude. human. I was just watching the movie and I saw Tarkin and I went, "Holy freaking crap! He's awesome!" Dude. How he did the classic um, Tumblr uh, cartoon where where Krennic says, "I made this," <laughs> and yeah. he hands it to Tarkin, and Tarkin goes. No, I made this. Oh, man. You know, I mean, that's basically what happened. <laughs> he straight you know? de- he debuted hey. the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. that's me and Pop's Death Star. We share it, you know. <laughs> and, and, man, like, but, like <laughs> dude, like I said, I watched this movie in 3D the first time. And, honestly, I didn't even notice it was a CG character. I feel oh, dumb. It was so obvious. I, 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 I'm the same oh way. God. I felt dumb with Tarkin because I, I just I wasn't paying attention. Now, Leia, when she came up... Yeah, I you knew, knew obviously yeah. because she's still alive. I know she's still alive. I had, but I wasn't even thinking. I just yeah. knew that she would not look like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember when Tarkin came on. I was just like, "Wow, that's cool." But but in two D is obvious. In regular two D is obvious. But in three D, I just I guess I was just so messed up by the three D that I really didn't pay close attention. But I just, t- I totally missed the fact that he was a CG character. I, I'm oh, completely man. honest. It stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Even though well, I, uh, even though I love Tarkin, he's one of my favorite characters. I agree. But yeah, I, I wish they would have recast him. Well, the thing is that, that, that is good about this. Um, this is not this particular, whether it's a, whether it's a, 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 a triumph viewed as a triumph or whether it's an egregious error by Star Wars fans. That won't happen in this case again. Yeah, We're not going to deal with Tarkin again. We're not going to deal yeah. with Leia on the blockade runner again. It's just this time, you know. Yeah. So it, that that's the one thing that, with all things considered, in my opinion, how they did Tarkin and and, and Leia, even though it's obvious, it, it it was obvious. After I went back and looked, yeah, at Tarkin, is, I went, yeah, <laughs> I went, uh, yeah, I feel like an idiot. But here's the deal. <laughs> Here's here's the deal. You know what happened is that when I watched this movie, when I went to the theater with my son, who's 19, you know, and and he's grown up watching every Star. He's been to every single premiere since he's been alive. Um, I'm I'm doing Star Wars with my son. We're watching Star Wars. I suspended all belief and <laughs> and and logic because we're watching. Sp- Space westerns with glowing swords. <laughs> that you is know? true. That's and, true. And, and, and when I saw Tarkin, I didn't care. I didn't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. I just saw him and went, Oh, this is awesome. I love him. And he was it and his CGI character killed it. And Leia, by that point, I went, Oh wait, that's CG. But you know, they did it so quick. 
Yeah. And so yeah, it was fast, quick. I was like, linger. I was like, oh, that was just a little flavor. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to taste yeah. the badness of it, you know? Yeah. Leia's wasn't as bad because thankfully, you know, they, it was just like for a second. <laughs> but to me, yeah. Tarkin yeah. was his, just like, oh my God. His what, what, was long. His only, was long. The only thing that makes his a little worse is the fact that he's, the fact that he's so freakishly tall. So he's like hovering over the other guy. I'm like, dang, he's like a alien giant. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, after I knew he was CG and kind of saw it the second time, it did look, it, it did look freakishly weird, but yeah, I still enjoyed his character. So what, oh, do you, yeah. what do you guys think about the, I mean, Carrie, you mentioned recasting. They recast, of course, Mon Mothma. Perfect. Uh, perfect. So, so what you, she was actually I, supposed to be in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But they cut her cut part out. out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same actor. They just, it made sense to bring him back. Of course, we got Senator Organa. Bill Organa. Back. Yeah. It was yeah. cool to see him too. Yeah. See him. Oh, and you together. know, it was like, don't go to Coruscant. Don't go. Right. Don't go. <laughs> And, uh, or Alderaan, Alderaan. Oh, Alderaan, that's um, Alderaan. Yeah, but right when he walked in, cause you notice how he came in out of the darkness. He faded in from the black. Yeah. And when he did, they, uh, they did the John Williams, like, uh, 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 oh crap, um, they did like the Leia score. Yeah. Oh, really? uh, when he came in right there just to match when he came on. And like, I happened to catch, like, cause a lot of the times I don't listen to it. Sometimes I do. Uh, or I'm able to, you know, I'm able to process all of it at the same time, but I processed it at that point and went, oh, that's Leia's crap and there's Bale. Oh, that's so sweet. Tender tear, you know, it was <laughs> awesome the way they yeah. did that. Yeah. It was completely awesome. So, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, speaking of score, um, I thought the score felt a little messy. Uh, and the reason I said it is because they were trying so hard to bridge the gap between being a, mainline Star Wars movie versus tweaking the theme just a little bit to feel different. And, and, and in that sense, I felt it felt a little messy to me when they were. I just wish, I just wish they wouldn't have taken like this. They played a lot of the, the score and movements that they used in my, on Moss Eisley, like in, in the first hour. And I just wish they kind of would have not done that because when I hear that music or those those movements, whatever they're called, like I think of Moss Eisley. So I know they were like, yeah. this is, a, you know, we want you to think of, of this as an older Star Wars movie, but it, there was kind of a disconnect there for me. Gotcha. I can see that. But I mean, I thought, I thought the music overall was great, though. I didn't really have a problem with it. Did John Williams score this or was it somebody else? I, I don't you know. I'm not John sure. Williams. I don't I don't think it was him, but I could be wrong. So, a quick question: Did we see Yarvin Four in any of uh, the Force Awakens? Is that where the base is? No, you haven't. That's where it, we saw it in the in um in in this. We didn't see it in uh, TFA. I don't believe. Yeah, it's in. Well, it's I think in, probably by T, TFA by that point. I mean, they they probably bailed at that point. You know, this is yeah. TFA is uh is after well you know well after. Yeah, but whatever whatever and, base they're in looks very similar to. Oh the, oh, in this. In Rogue One, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. This is this is where they're they're Return, they, you know, those are um either Jedi, Aztec right? or Mayan. I'm not sure of the culture. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, I'm, wrong I'm, there, but I'm, you get the pyramids there. Yeah, yeah but I yeah, mean, they're they're on Yavin Four for all of their base of operations. That's where they were working, not Dantooine, because Dantooine, you know, had been I uh, had been um, uh, uh, bolted out on by the time the Empire got to it. So, I, I'm I'm just probably drawing a blank here. Is it that where they were fighting on Return of the Jedi 
Was it that yep, Yavin? That's, and that's yeah, Battle of Yavin is yeah. the uh, is the it's and it's also the chronological timekeeper. Uh, you know, you've got your battle before Yavin, BBY, and ABY after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. So that's where the Death Star was heading to uh, after they uh, obliterated Alderaan. They were heading to Yavin, and uh, that's where uh, the the pyramids were. And uh, the the one thing I love is they kept calling back several times in Rogue One the scene of the little um, yeah uh, the, the crow's nest the yeah. crow's nest with the yeah. little uh, rebel guy at the top of it and I'm like okay I don't see how he got there because you got basically <laughs> a, a capsule at the top of a pole but whatever I'm not I mean I actually thought of thought of that at the second time I'm like how does he get there okay it doesn't matter it's yeah, a movie th- this one guy yeah. is gonna uh, sense incoming enemies better than any sensor could yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We can fly through space and time, but we got a dude on a perch. Dude on a pole. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's hilarious. There was a, there was a certain duo um, that picked a fight with Luke and Obi Wan and Moss Eisley Cantina. Oh my god! Uh, did you guys notice those two guys in the movie? Yes. I I did, did you see him, Clarence? I know. I, after the fact, I looked it up, but no, I didn't notice it through, during the first watch. No, I didn't. Yeah, I was oh, like, so "Why are you so angry?" As... <laughs> Dude, dude's got anger issues. Uh, walrus, a walrus face and snubby nose, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it funny. looks like he's. It looks like he's. You know, got the tape on his nose. Yeah, you know, doing the funny thing. Uh, you know, honestly, when I saw it, uh, you know, my son's next to me. So like anytime there was some type of reference, you know, we did, did the kind of elbow thing, you know, where you're like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause you know, you gotta, you gotta celebrate, uh, have jubilation at these points. Yeah. And when that happened, when that guy came on the screen and he's like, watch where you're going, we're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after <laughs> I thought about it, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm okay with fan service. I, I, most of the time, I'm completely okay with throwing in these little tidbits of of references to here and there to give that that feeling of of uh, attachment. But in this case, there was I didn't see any reason why they chose that guy. Yeah, yeah. and or or rather those two guys, you know, because you got Walrus Mouth and Snubnose. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't see why they picked them. They did. It was there. They apparently got off Jedha before the Death Star showed up, yeah. uh, and they made it to Mos Eisley on the planet Tatooine uh, in time for Luke Skywalker. So, I mean, it's rather coincidental, as is everything else, but to me, it's rather random for those guys to be a part of the coincidence. I can yeah. understand yeah, Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi being part of a, quote, coincidence, unquote, <laughs> Those guys though? Okay, whatever though. I'm well, not, you know, well, I'm, I, when it comes to that stuff, I'm just gonna go, eh, whatever. Okay, well, you did it. Well, Scott, you too, after having cheated death by beating an explosion that destroyed a city you were just in, <laughs> might go to some bar on a deserted <laughs> type island to have a drink. I don't know. Fair possible. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. And actually, as they said, tattooing, tattooing in, uh, it wasn't really heavily patrolled by the Imperial forces. So, you know, if the Empire had just, you know, gutted my entire <laughs> town I was hanging out with, I might, I might just retreat to an unknown, you know, enclave to have a beer. Yeah. Find another desert planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the theme going. All right. Very good point, Clarence. 
I got one more thing to talk to ask you guys about, and like this was probably my favorite part of the final battle, besides Vader going crazy. I know where you're uh, going with it. Go ahead. The Rogue Squadron. <laughs> so, if you if you if you you probably didn't pick, you might not have picked this up, but the red and gold leaders from a a, a New Hope were actually mm-hmm. in the movie. <laughs> Um, yep, they were in the final battle. Red Five standing by. Yeah, and Red Five, the guy that Luke Luke takes his place in A New Hope. You get to see why there was a vacancy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Because that you, was fantastic. Now, when you say they were in here, was it the same footage or? It was I, actually actually I, I did a little research on this. So basically, the director of this movie, um, he went through the archives and found some B roll, I guess is what you would call it, of the the actors who played the red and gold leaders that just wasn't used for the movie, mm-hmm. and like he used I, ILM or they did something to superimpose the the act their. The film from back then that he superimposed that into the cockpit of the new X-wing models, or I guess, yeah, but it's all CG trickery. <laughs> but that's actually, yeah, it's actually them, but it's not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and that was fantastic. I, I thought it was great to see that. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was very. I hate to say awesome, but I mean, I just, you know, to see that red five slot open up, you're like, Oh crap. <laughs> but now I see how Luke became, you know, you see how he became red five. Yeah. That, that's, that's fantastic. But yeah, that was, that was great to see them in there. And yes, yes. Digging up the old stuff. That's part of the, the, you know, when you, when you see, you know, you get people that, that get success and they, they have natural talent and they do something, whether it's an entertainer or a musician or an athlete, and they just walk into a role and they, they have natural talent, but when they get to the real work, they can't do it. And then you see people that like did the real work. Yeah. That actually put in the time, the training, the practice. They're not natural, naturally talented. They just have drive and determination, whatever. That's what this director did. That's what this movie did. They went and dug up stuff. They went and worked. They didn't just naturally have, okay, this is okay. They went and found, you know, old that made it, that they made new. I mean, to me, that, that effort paid off. It was that space battle is oh. one of them. I'm, awesome. I'm not a huge fan of space battles. As much as I like space movies, as much as I like sci-fi, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of space battles. To me, uh, you know, my, with my personal interest level and my, um, you know, the way I can pay attention, uh, attention level, I just, I'm like, eh, I, I lose interest. I lose uh, attention. Uh, I have trouble following this one. I did not as much. I really yeah. stayed engaged through not only the space battle, but then cutting between the space battle and then down to Scarlet, which by the way, I will say Scarlet, one of my favorite destinations that they've shown. It, it was, was stunning. Yes. You know, we saw in the trailers, we saw in the trailers some of Scarlet. We saw the, 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 um, the Death Star hovering in the horizon. We saw the blue sky. We saw the blue water. Was, that that was cool in the trailer, but to see there the detail they put into it, just in the the landing, and I'm, and I'm, di- I'm uh, digressing for a moment, but just in the 
the detail from the landing pads with the little track pods that lead up to the to the bait. I mean, I, I was just stunned yeah. with Scarlet. I loved that location. I really loved it. Um, but to see that battle above it and then to cut down to Scarlet and then back to the battle, I really was, it, me personally, I was able to stay engaged. So that, that battle itself, I freaking loved. And, and I would like to throw in there Admiral Raddus. Oh yeah, he's pretty much a a, a, a bad arse. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's pretty much like um, we're gonna come in and mess y'all up. He showed up and just like he he obliterated. <laughs> you know, Akbar. I like Akbar. Whatever. Nah, <laughs> Radis would have Akbar like soap barred in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he was pretty oh, awesome, man. man. That that whole scene was great as well as uh you know, it reminded me a lot of the opening uh space battle on uh episode three, I, which I thought was really great as well. Yeah, that was so, good. Yeah, yeah, so so I mean I really, really enjoyed it. Um but one one thing about that whole scene that really irked me is when the Death Star went to destroy the uh Citadel. They like missed, and oh yeah, they missed just so we could have this scene of um of Jen and and uh, the guy's name I forget all the time. Cassian Andor, Cass- oh, Cass- Cassian. They they missed on purpose, or they made them miss just so we could have that scene with them dying at the end, which I thought was it was it was a beautiful scene, of course, but yeah, that's just a little too on the nose of <laughs> we just want this one you're moment. right, dead on, I see stuff like that, and i I really you know I, I typically try not to question too much or or to gripe too much, I mean, I will, but I try not to because I know what you know you know Carrie, you know what it's like to put into a performance <laughs> you know what it's like to create something and when you work and you do this and you have this thought and this belief and this feeling of how this is gonna work, and somebody else just isn't gonna get it. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, so when I see stuff that people put this time and effort into, I go, all right, I'm not going to be a butt munch about it. I'm just going to accept it. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? They like, they hit it. They didn't just miss it a little. They were way off. <laughs> like way off in the freaking ocean. I'm like, did I miss and, something? <laughs> and, and, and I understand you got to, okay, we're, we're going to give some time to, uh, to, to allow, thank God, a non-kiss to happen, had yeah. Cassian and Jen kissed, and, yeah. and, oh, I'd have been so mad. It, just because <laughs> it wasn't necessary. Yeah. But. To me, it, that, that was If you almost, need to buy time, you're making the freaking movie. You yeah. can find other ways to buy time. Just shoot Why the laser you, later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, everybody has that, like, uh, oh, oh my God! Like uh, think about the uh, the Monty Python, where they're showing the knights attacking the castle, and it's the same scene over and over, and it's supposed to be getting closer, but it's not getting closer because it's a movie, and they're making fun of movies and how yeah. it takes like fifty five minutes to run, you know, fifty yards. Yeah. You know, you can stretch it out, and we we'll, we as a viewer will suspend some of our beliefs and the way things will work if you if you do it properly. But it, you hit Jedi, yeah, dead on. <laughs> now what is you're just gonna fire across the bow? Okay, whatever. Well, yeah. the thing that got me about that that whole situation is not necessarily that they missed, even though that was kind of 
like messed up. It was that the whole um I can't stand you for the whole movie and then at the end I love you. It was it just to me it smelled like the first Hunger Games where like Katniss and Peter like are like <laughs> they hate each other the whole movie and then at the end they're like smooching. I was like, come on. Then they're man. like, whatever, come that's on, fine. Yeah, come on. Well, it, it felt a yeah. little bit more respect and love. Uh but yeah, they look like they're going to kiss like Scott said. I'm glad they didn't. But I got that kind of Thank goodness respect. this was a PG-13 movie and there was more time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a respect thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say at in those Scarlet shots, there there's a couple of things that that um, you know, it, I don't like to complain about movies, uh, so to speak. I will say the one complaint I do have is that the in the trailers we see when when Jen is approaching the antenna, we find out later in the movie she's approaching the antenna to realign it. Um, there's a hovering TIE fighter that pops up out of nowhere and she's got a blaster. Holy crap. Like, I remember seeing that scene in the trailers going, what the hell does a person do with a blaster <laughs> against a TIE fighter? I mean, that's, yeah. that's just, that's just crazy talk. Yeah. And yeah. it never happened. I'm oh, like, yeah. Th- there's the, uh, you know, when it comes to the, dis- I'm, I'm not so, been out of shape about the decisions they make in the movie as much as I am when they make a trailer that tells you this is what's going to happen and you don't get to see it. I literally watched every scene in the battle for Scar, the battle over Scarlet to find those shore troopers wading through the water. I wanted to see what was the context and they never, it never happened like it showed in the trailer. It sure didn't. Nope. Huh? Because I remember them nope. jumping into the water, but I don't. Yep, they jumped into the water, but you didn't see it like you saw it in the trailer. Well, you know, it's so like B roll because as well, of that. You know. I kept watching every. Well, I, from what I've read, there were a lot of reshoots and a lot of re edits. Obviously, the the Tie Fighter wasn't a reshoot since it wasn't a real vehicle. I get that. Uh, they just didn't use that. She obviously did walk out to the end of the catwalk. She obviously did realign the antenna. They just chose not to portray it with her having any type of conflict at that point other than having to get out there and realign it and then come back and fight with Krennic. Even though, I will say, the fight with Krennic, that's my other complaint. Um, <laughs> after everything with this dude, who was pretty sinister, and I'd say pretty calculating and pretty cold, and I'd say a rather intelligent individual. He was a rather intelligent individual from what I picked up. At the end of it, he confronts her, and he gets shot from the side. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Now, granted, they didn't have to turn it into a 50-minute, you know, like, speed, Keanu Reeves, um, you know, <laughs> bus, you know, scene. But just a little bit more drama might have, you know, left the, the viewer feeling a little bit more satisfied. I le- I was left wanting because of that. Um, so the, the TIE fighter missing, the shore troopers, and uh, Krennic kind of going out like a, a Boba Fett. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah, it did. It did. Which I will always, always maintain Boba Fett got the worst death out of <laughs> anyone. So, um, any, I guess, I guess we're wrapping this thing up. Final thoughts. Um, are we excited for any other, uh, Star Wars story movies? Um, 
Um, what do you guys, how do you guys want to wrap this up? Uh, I guess I'll just say that, um, go, uh, going in this with, you know, pretty open, low expectations, I was completely and utterly surprised by the quality of not just the, um, the, the writing, just the overall production because i'd never heard of this director before and i know disney's not going to put out crap but at the same time i was just pleasantly surprised i maybe maybe it's just because i wasn't expecting much but i'm i'm gonna look i'm looking forward to the next star wars story i guess and that's pretty much it for me <laughs> I, I have to I have to agree wholeheartedly uh, as much as i i was excited and anticipating the the, the story to come out I didn't put a lot of faith in it because of it wasn't something we all knew about. Talk about. I mean, we all knew, you know, they stole the Death Star plans, but you know, the whole, I wasn't familiar with the Clone Wars aspect of Saw Gerrera, of, of any of the other characters. So low expectations, high anticipation, and then satisfied it on every single front. I, you know, and you're right. Carrie, Disney's not going to put out junk. They just, they just don't. I mean, they, they got too much money and too much, uh, uh, uh control over yeah. their brand to allow it to be sullied, you know, by, by, by bad storylines, bad directors. Yeah. And, and, and so even though I can't think of a lot of Han Solo stuff, I'll be honest, I've read some of the EU Han Solo stuff and I'm not impressed. And these are people that were contracted by Del Rey, you know, under, you know, a uh, license provided by Lucas uh, to write, uh, you know, and I just wasn't impressed. It, you know, you read it and you go, okay, that's a, that's a cool story. But there was some horrible EU stuff with Han Solo uh, that's kind of left a, a bad taste in my mouth. But given the fact that they did this, nah, I'm not concerned. And uh, Donald Glover, I think, is going to freaking nail Lando Castle, Calrissian. Yeah, and, and my final thoughts is, is, I mean, like Carrie mentioned on the director is just, um, I was very into JJ Abrams as coming on and being the, the lead guy and ushering these movies into what they need to be kind of same thing he did to Star Trek, uh, years prior. So I, and, and like, again, like Scott said, I have a little more faith now that we can see a world where even when he's not involved or not, I, I guess he may be the executive producer or something like that. But even in a world where he's not directing, he, he's not intimately involved. We still see that these movies can be made and still could be made great. You know, even from not only Star Wars, we look at the Marvel, um, the Marvel movies as well from Disney. You know, they just have a lo- level quality about their movies and as long as they keep that going i think i'm always going to be down to watch another star wars story um yeah. a, a, again i'm more a, of a jedi person <laughs> uh the jedi is my draw to this universe and you know we got just enough of it with with vader in this one that satisfied me but to me i don't know how adamant i am about seeing the movie if it doesn't have a, a jedi in it so you know and maybe that might never happen where there's a movie where there's not a Jedi in it. And that might be what they have to do to keep it going or keep it relevant as far as everything else that we've seen. So I'm still excited and I've enjoyed this movie. Um, 
you know, the first time I watched it, I wasn't <laughs> as adamant on it because again, 3D. So yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> and, and yeah, I can't, what is it next year? We're going to get the next one. Uh, yeah. Episode yeah. eight comes out next December. Okay. Yeah. So again, we got to wait a year, but again, I can't wait. So yeah. Please make Finn a Jedi, please. <laughs> 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 and hopefully we'll get a Darth Vader movie. Yeah. Oh, man. He, Dude, I want to force told you about the movie, man. Yeah, that'll be You nice. know, that would be awesome. Uh, but one thing, like, I think I've told you about this, Clarence, is that uh, when I've re- read some of the EU stuff, uh, when you read Darth Reaven, when you read Darth Bane, and you see what Darth Vader does, man, you know, we just, we get such an unsold story about Vader. Yeah. You know, this, this one little clip that we saw in this last movie was enough to, to, to really make you fear and, um, appreciate the, you know, hearing Anakin Skywalker played by Hayden Christensen saying, you underestimate my power doesn't give me an, an estimate of his power. <laughs> this, this last movie did. Yeah. Um, and when I read the, the EU stuff of Bane and Reven, uh, Plagueis that. Oh, Riv is the man, the, dude. Riv is the man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, he, and, he, and, oh. And, and then to see Vader, you're like, come on, dude. You're like a schoolgirl compared to these guys. I mean, Bane's my favorite, you know, to be honest. But that's not canon now, whatever. So, but if they can give us a Vader movie that, that focuses on, on, uh, on Vader's, you know, uh, actual dark side, and not just mad at the Tuscan Raiders. I would, I would really, I would really enjoy that. I would really, really utterly enjoy that because, you know, he's the one, I mean, out of all the merchandising that George Lucas lucked himself into getting the rights to, um, Vader is the most sole character. I mean, he's just, he's just the one. Yeah, but, and it still, it kind of scares me when they, uh, mess around in the pre, uh, current universe, you know, they're going in the past. It, you know, this movie proves they can do it successfully, but it always scares me when they jump back to the past because there's always potential to have another, uh, Lucas prequels, you know? <laughs> so, well, as as- you know, that honestly, I think now that Lucas isn't in it, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I know that that's, uh, maybe sacrilegious or something, but I think exactly. now that he's not involved, now that he's not involved with it, you know, I, he had wonderful ideas. He had a great concept for the universe, but you know, you look at the prequels that, you know, when he's writing, when he's in control at now, yeah, to fit, to retcon it, it, yeah, yeah. As it, a director, he fit. didn't evolve with the movie verse, you know, he's still writing yeah. movies like his 1977. So, and, and we see, I mean, of course, his special effects and stuff has evolved, but his 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 uh, writing and his um, dialogue and stuff like that uh, has not evolved with the time. So, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Oh, real quick, that reminds me. I, I did. This is something I did want to bring up. Um, you know, there's uh, complaints I've seen online of the CG Leia, the CG Tarkin. Uh, uh-huh. But if you stop and think, if you do, you remember watching A New Hope and looking at the dogfight scenes and seeing the Tie Fighters and the X Wings fly through space, and you've got that halo. 
I mean, this is this is like the first Star Wars we get to watch, and there's this like halo of light around each one of the fighters from their effects that they put that they couldn't just eradicate. Yeah. And it's there, and no one ever talks about that. They yeah. talk about how Jar Jar looks stupid. They, you know, they talk about how the the droids and uh, and uh, Attack of the Clones don't look, you know, real. They, we've been seeing not real since the beginning. It's all fake. Yeah, yeah. it's I a don't movie. Know. And I guess my to... my thing majorly was just that they they did it. They didn't have to. I guess was my that's. I, I guess it's just where my problem from it comes. It's not from like a realism standpoint. It's just that they didn't have, they could have just cast somebody to do that. It was, it was for only like a second and it would have been way cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily just Tarkin, but I mean, but, but Leah, uh, that, that's my main, you know, cause I, I could see, I could see since he was on there for so long, but with Leah, she was only there, on there for a few seconds. Yeah. The yeah, layout well, was fine. Yeah. Yeah. My prediction was that we'd only see her from the side or the back. I didn't think we'd see her face, which that that really surprised me. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> so um, all hearts and minds satisfied. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked it out, man. Well, good deal. Well, guys, um, I want to give a special thanks to Scott for joining us on this uh, post Star Wars story, Rogue One. Oh yeah, one thing we didn't talk about, the whole way he just kind of pulled Rogue One out of his butt. <laughs> that, that was kind of yes, cool. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, um, I want to thank you for joining us, and man, feel free, you know, in the future, if you ever want to talk. Oh, anytime. Um, we'll love, we'd love to have you on. And, um, Dude, it's been, a, it's been a sincere privilege. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it, you know, anytime you can just hang out and talk to, to friends about something you like. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Glad to have you, man. Any final thoughts, Clarence? Uh, nothing. Just the usual. Visit visit the site, techpedition.com, Facebook, Twitter, at techpedition. Uh, send us an email, fans at techpedition.com. And, yeah, just tell us how you enjoyed the movie. Um, give some feedback, and we'll uh, put it on the show or talk about it. Yeah, and that's all I got. Enjoy yeah, it. And I- I'll just plug my, my VR article that I wrote. Um, I haven't written an article on Take Edition in like over a year, but, uh, I, I, I've been playing around with some VR headsets and you can read my frustration and glee if you'd like. TakeBedition.com. So, um, on that note for Scott and Clarence, uh, my name's Carrie Brown and you have a good weekend or what's left of it, which when you listen to this, it probably won't be the weekend anymore. <laughs> Have a good week. Yeah. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. I can't, I can't beat that. I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode. Subscribe on iTunes or any of the other popular podcasting platforms. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe.